It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Tara Cornmesser is continuing to quilt while adjusting to also having a cute little baby to take care of this year. I love her strong family ties with naming her quilt business Lazy J Quilting, using the family's cattle brand as her logo. Tara is such an energetic lady with great plans for the future. Tara, thank you so much for being on A Quilter's Life. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be able to talk to you. I've been looking forward to this. Tara, your name is so beautiful. <laughs> Do you know why you were named Shatara? I wish I had a, a better story. I honestly don't. I think it was kind of a made-up name. I'm not sure where it came from, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, w- I really wish I had a better story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with your background. Where were you born and raised? I was actually born in Spokane, Washington. My hometown that I'm actually from is Spangle, which is a really small farming community in eastern Washington. And my whole family's from there. I'm like the fifth generation to graduate from our high school. So it's just everyone's family is always there. And I went to school with my cousins and Everybody knows everybody in a really small town. Wow. I'm jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually had 32 kids in my high school class that I graduated with, and 13 of us had been together since kindergarten. So it's a really small, close-knit community. And it's funny, too, because our parents went to school together, and, you know, they had some of the same teachers we did. So everyone kind of stays there. I'm kind of the oddball who packed up and moved away. Oh, wow. I bet it's fun to go back and visit, though. It is, because you get to see all your old friends from high school and stuff and their parents. It's a cute little community, and I actually kind of find where I live now to be similar in that way. I know it's a lot bigger of a city, but I live kind of outside of Columbus in Johnstown, and going through the downtown and stuff reminds me a lot of where I grew up and the farmland around, so it feels like home here, even though I'm so far away. Yeah. Do you have a special childhood memory? I think, and I guess this is kind of related to how I even got into this field, but I was raised by my grandparents and I always remember for Halloween, my grandma would always make us like the best costumes, whatever we wanted. I remember when the Titanic came out and she made this really elaborate Titanic dress for me or this really beautiful witch costume, but I can remember as a kid, my bedroom was right off the dining room where she would sew. And I remember listening to the sewing machine going at night. So I think that's probably one of my favorite childhood memories. And just the sound of a machine going is almost soothing for me because I grew up listening to that all the time. And she would always be up super late the night before trying to finish everything. But I think that's probably one of my favorite things from my childhood. Wow. So was it just you she was sewing for Or did you have siblings or cousins that she said for too? Yeah, I'm an only child, but I have four cousins and we're all really close in age. So my older cousin, he's almost exactly two months older than me. And then my next cousin's a year younger than me. The next one's two years and then the next one's 
four years, I think. So we're all really close in age. It was like having siblings because we were always together, but I got my own room and didn't have to like share attention, which was great. So it was like (laughs) perfect for me. (laughs) Tell me about your employment. So I am actually a technical designer. So I went to college for apparel design. So I've been working in corporate retail since 2013, I think it is. Yeah, that seems about right. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of lost track. Yeah, so my job is I'm in charge of the fit. So I do a lot of pattern corrections. I communicate with the vendor. I take the design sketches and kind of make them come to life and make them wearable for our customers. So I'm in the really technical, not really as creative. And I think it's fun because I love the numbers and getting into the nitty gritty, but it's not the design that everyone thinks of when they think of apparel design. Hmm. I'm not quite sure I understand fully what you're doing. (laughs) No, that's okay. (laughs) So is this a company that sells to other retailers after they have the designs or what? No, I'm in-house for an actual brand. Okay. And I've worked at several kind of big companies right now. I'm doing like intimates. So I do like bras and sports bras and stuff like that. Basically, like if we were talking about building a house, the designer would say like, I want to have this house and I want it to have these kinds of windows. I'm basically the person who builds it. I'm the one who makes it. So someone else kind of gives me their ideas and everything that they want. And I turn that sketch into a reality. So I know that houses and bras are a little different, but it's essentially the same thing. I have to be able to tell the factory how to make it. And then I think every woman has some kind of bra issues. So when we go and get the samples in, we have to put it on the model and I have to ask her, oh, how does this feel? You know, is the band too tight? So I'm the one that communicates those changes to the vendor. Hmm. Interesting. There's always so many details to things that we never imagine. Yeah, I think it's kind of almost like the hidden part of the retail industry. Nobody really knows what we do, but we play a vital role in making sure that things go into production and that everything's okay. And if there's issues, I can remember back a time I was at a different retailer. We got in a bunch of these t-shirts and they were all too small. So I had to go through and measure a bunch of samples to see where went wrong, what happened. We're kind of like the multi-tool. We do a lot of different things. (laughs) Oh, neat. So you came from the state of Washington. How did you end up in Ohio? So I kind of lived like a nomad probably for almost the past 10 years. I graduated from college from Washington State University with my apparel design degree. And then I got a job in Idaho. I lived there for about a year. And then I moved to a different company in Florida and then got this job in Ohio And I had never even been to Ohio before. I didn't really know anything about it. I was here for 24 hours and basically saw none of Ohio and decided I want to move here. And (laughs) I moved here and kind of fell in love with it. It's different from where I come from, but it's also very familiar. People are really friendly. Just the quilting community, too, is really great. There's so many. And I feel like that's kind of how I built my family here in Ohio, since my family were so far away. But it still kind of has that homey feeling. And, you know, my job took me here, but I really do love it here. So (laughs) this is home for me. I grew up in California and I ended up here in Ohio. So I understand (laughs) that. 
Besides quilting, are there other crafts you do or have done? I think I've kind of done a little bit of everything. My great grandma used to crochet all the time, so she taught me when I was little how to do that. And then I kind of played around with knitting a little bit and kind of taught myself how to do that. I've done some embroidery. I I kind of jump around. I like to have, you know, a million projects going, which I think is pretty common for anybody in the, the quilting sewing hobby. Usually you have six other ones that go with it. But I think I just kind of like flip through them. When I get tired of sewing for a while, then maybe I go over and work on a knitting project or some embroidery. And then I also really love building furniture and doing woodworking things too. So I have to have lots of projects going all the time. I've got to stay busy. Wow. Woodworking, I think, needs a whole nother space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, uh, my husband loves that too. The dream is to build a shop. We're hoping next year. We just moved into this house in June right before our daughter was born. And we've been like renovating and redoing the space. And we're hoping to build a shop so that we have the room for all the woodworking tools and all that kind of stuff. Well, before we go on, you mentioned your daughter, (laughs) and I did see on your Facebook page, she's adorable. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, she's funny. It's been a a challenge having a small person that needs so much time where I've been so used to being able to sew whenever I wanted to or work on a project whenever I wanted to, and now I have her. So she's been a good distraction. She's kind of forced me to slow down and not rush through things like I normally do. She taught me a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks adorable on your quilts that lay in Yeah, I know. She's the perfect little model and, and I'm enjoying it while it lasts because I feel like pretty soon she's not going to want to cooperate as much or she's going to be running off when I'm trying to catch her. So I'm going <laughs> to take advantage of it while she's little. <laughs> Oh, back to your hobbies. Are there other hobbies you do? Those are, for the most part, my main ones. I think I've kind of like dabbled in a lot of different things. Lately, I've been sewing a lot of bags. They're kind of nice because I feel like it's something you can break down into smaller parts. So if I get interrupted, I can do a little bit of it while she's taking a nap. To me, it's a little bit easier than quilting. A lot of the quilting that I like to do is like paper piecing and stuff like that. So I feel like that's something you really need to like sit down and focus on and devote a lot more time to, or even with like woodworking, if you're working with glue and trying to screw something together, you only have a certain amount of time (laughs) before it dries. So it's not like great to do with a baby unless you know she's going to be asleep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to schedule some of that stuff too, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) it is. Do you think any of your other hobbies show up in your quilting? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I take skills from those and apply them. And also, I I think you share tools as well, too. Like with the bag making, putting on rivets and stuff, I'm constantly stealing hammers and different tools and stuff from the garage that I need to do that. I don't know so much as far as like the quilting part. I think sometimes I play with colors that I might not normally do just because I've did this really cool bag and all these bright colors. Maybe I needed to try to do something like that in quilting. I think it kind of helps me expand my range of what I do, but I don't know that it does. Yeah. And who introduced you to quilting? So I began sewing when I was really little, I think probably around three or four oh, wow. is 
<laughs> I was always sitting on my grandma's lap while she was sewing all these costumes and stuff. And then I wanted to make doll clothes and she always hated making doll clothes, which I completely understand now that I'm older because it's a nightmare. Those little tiny like sleeves and stuff. So she just told me like, if you want to do it, you can do it yourself because I don't want to do them. So I started with like little Barbie clothes and, and little dresses and stuff. And then her really good friend who is like another grandma to me, she was a quilter and I would go over to her house and we would work on quilts. And I remember my first quilt that I did, it was just some flannel squares, but I remember picking up the fabric at her house and putting it all together. And she was the one who got me into a lot of quilting classes, even before I was old enough. She's like, you know what you're doing. She would go to the quilt shops and they'd be like, she's too young to be in this class. And she's like, no, she's not. She's fine. (laughs) So she got me into lots of quilting classes and stuff. And I think she's really the reason I got into quilting. I don't think I ever thought I would become a quilter because I loved apparel so much. But as I've been in my career of apparel, quilting is kind of like a nice escape because I work on making sure garments fit all day. When I come home, I don't really want to make something for myself, but it's nice to be able to do the quilting because it is kind of in the same vein as like the technical design career that I'm in. Like it's very structured, especially like paper piecing. Like you have all these lines that you have to sew precisely on it. And I love the precision and like the accuracy of it. So I think that it's kind of like a a nice balance for me, but it is kind of like a creative outlet. Yeah. And something you can keep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Although it's kind of become a problem. I've become kind of a, a quilt hoarder at this point. Uh I end up, I have, I have so many and I love them. And, you know, when you you make a quilt, you want to make sure you're gifting it to someone who's really special. And all the people that are really special to me already have so many, they're probably sick of them at this point, but it's just a nice, pretty stack that I have. I get to look at and I can pet from time to time. Do you happen to have a favorite one? That's also a hard one, too. I think probably one of my favorites that I made was a paper piece. It's a Judy Niemeyer. I think it's it's not Tarnished Windmill. It's something else. It's the bigger version of that. But it's in batiks, in like teals and blues and grays, which are kind of like my favorite colors. Like that's kind of my house is very gray with like the blue tones to it. So this was probably one of my favorite ones. And it's a huge queen-sized quilt. And I made it for my parents. It's on their guest bed. That's probably one of my favorites just because of the colors. And it just turned out really pretty. And then probably my other one, which is another paper piece. It's the Vintage Rose. But I also did it for them. I made it a king-size one for them. But it's in warmer tones. It's like rich reds and burgundies and purples and oranges, which is kind of not really my color wheel right there. But it turned out really beautiful. And it was a really fun quilt to put together with all the little details. And I love the precision of the paper piecing and how it looks so perfect. So those are probably my favorites, but I do have some that I made for my daughter. Her bedroom is Sasquatch themed. So <laughs> I, went, I made a bunch of like outdoor ones and I did the Elizabeth Hartman Bigfoot quilt. And I did some other ones that are kind of mountain themed. So I think it just kind of depends on the point in my life where I'm at. So now my favorite ones are ones that I'm making for her, but you know, in the past, there were some other ones that I made that I really loved. Yeah. And tell me about a tool that you just feel you couldn't do without. 
probably the seam ripper as much as I hate it. (laughs) 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 It's so essential. (laughs) That and also friction pens. I love those. Those are probably my two most used tools at this point. I use the friction pens all the time just for, you know, marking all the half square triangles and that kind of stuff. But also when I'm long arming, I do mostly edge to edge computerized. So it helps make sure that those rows are lined up and perfect. So those are probably my, my two most used tools. Wow. Do you have a favorite part of the quilting process or do you like each part? I think I like all of it. I don't love picking out the fabrics. I think that's probably like my least favorite. Interesting. I love, yeah, I know it is kind of weird. And I don't know why. I think it's just because I overthink it. That's probably part of the problem. But I love the cutting. That's kind of my Zen moment is cutting all the fabrics and organizing them and putting them into nice, pretty little stacks. But I love the piecing too, especially like on really intricate quilts, because then you kind of get to see it all come together. I think my least favorite is probably sewing the binding and actually finishing it. I think that's my least favorite, but I think there's little moments of that that I do enjoy after all the bindings been machine sewed on the hand sewing and going back and doing that. It's kind of nice. It's like a nice way to end the day and Mm -hmm. kind of mellow you out. (laughs) Something nice to do in front of the TV. You mentioned you like cutting the pieces and and stacking them up. And I just realized not all that long ago that there's two ways. My first class, they kind of taught me, cut this out, work on that, and then cut the next part out and work on Mm -hmm. that. And that's kind of how I've been doing it. And talking to somebody else, they were telling me how they cut all their pieces out and then put it together. And that was foreign to me. So what way do you do it? So I usually cut it all out at the beginning. That's funny that you said you do it in different sections. I've never even thought about that. But I think the only time I ever cut kind of as I go is if I'm doing like a block of the month or like a mystery quilt. I normally cut everything except for borders. Borders I usually kind of wait on. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think some of that too is being a long armor. And I always make sure to measure my quilt before I actually cut and sew on the borders just to make sure they don't end up wavy because everyone's quarter of an inch is a little bit different. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, I cut them all up and stack them. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done it that way. (laughs) After I talked to her, I thought, okay, I'm going to cut the rest of this out. So I did that and set them aside. And then as I was moving on, I found myself cutting them again because I was to that next step and I forgot I had cut them out already. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's not even something I would normally think of that people do differently, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I was just curious. (laughs) Share with me your worst quilting experience. It would probably have to be a quilt that I was making for someone else and the colors or the pattern weren't really what I loved. I think that's probably the worst is when it's not something that's like, I mean, I feel like quilting so much is for fun for me. So if I, you know, picking colors that I don't love, or sometimes those are a struggle. I have some quilts that I know I have in boxes that I pick up, I try to work on them, I get irritated, and I put it back in the box. I can think of one in particular. And then I love the fabric. And it's kind of a cool Southwest kind of design. But the pattern is, I think it's a European one. And I feel like the measurements might be off a little bit, but it's all of these diamonds to make this pattern. And for some reason, I can't get them to line up. 
I don't understand the cutting directions. (laughs) So I pull it up every few years, look at it, and then end up putting it back because I just, I can't get there. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. And some year you're going to think, oh, I see how to do that now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that light bulb moment. I'm going to open it up and be able to figure it out and it's all going to make sense. But I don't know that I'm there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think you make quilts rather than spend your time doing something else? I think I just like when you're done, you have a finished product. You have something that you can hold and you can touch. And it's not like, I mean, I love to bake too, but you know, I eat it and it's gone, but a quilt, it's always going to be there. It's, it's like an heirloom. And I think every quilt kind of tells a story too. And like the point in your life and when you made it. So I used to make really like muted, neutrally quilts and stuff. And now I'm kind of moving more into bright, fun colors because now that I have a daughter, she loves all the bright colors and her eyes and stuff are developing. So she loves looking at those. So I feel like it's just kind of moving into a different phase in my life. And I think these quilts kind of tell a story about where I was and where I am now. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting way to put it. That's great. Well, you may have just answered this. Who do you make them for? (laughs) Lots are for her (laughs) now. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of them are for her. Again, she's going to have so many quilts by the time she's old enough to actually tell me no more, mom, but it's just so much fun (laughs) to do. And there's so many prints and stuff that I wouldn't normally use for myself. Like right now I'm, I'm testing a quilt pattern for a designer, but I've got Tula Pink's line work, the ones with the little skunks on them. And it's just really adorable. It's a rainbow quilt. So it's really happy and fun. And it's not really normally something I would do because I'm more in like moody colors, but I love this because it's so bright and fun and whimsical for her. So I think <laughs> she's going to be so sick of all these quilts. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to think it's just normal for everybody to have quilts around. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she'll have a different quilt for every season. It'll be fun for her. And I also like making them for my husband, too. I think the first one I ever made for him, he was a Marine. And so I made him this really pretty like a red white and blue striped with really skinny sashing it's actually one I took of the the baby on for veterans day and it's a really pretty quilt and then last year for Christmas I did a paper piece deer for him so he loves getting the quilts and I back the deer in like a minky and he absolutely loves it he kept stealing mine that had the minky backing so I finally made one for him I did see that that deer is amazing but How hard was it to quilt with that minky on it? Actually, it's not too bad. There's another one that's more plushy and thick. That one's a little bit more difficult, especially for, and this is something I've learned as I've long-armed, you might want to do a double batting. I noticed on the bee quilt that I made for my daughter, I did the black minky and there's white on that top. And I wished I would have done double batting on it because some of those black fibers pulled up through the top. Oh, wow. So if you're going to use a dark minky wear, or even I guess any kind of a color, really, if you've got white or light colors on your top, I would almost say do a double batting just because it'll help with those fibers pulling. I'm part of the long arm league, and that's something that we've talked about too. And I think that that's kind of our solution when you wash it. It tends to be a little bit better, but 
I'm a perfectionist. So those little dots kind of drive me crazy. Luckily it's for her to play on. (laughs) Do you think they'll work out later on? I think so. I've noticed that it's less now because I wash it all the time. That's one of her main play mats, but I have noticed that it's kind of worked out a little bit, but when I first did it, you could really tell on some of those white spots. Yeah. And if you're giving it for a gift, that won't look as nice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What project are you working on right now? So I am working on the test quilt with the tulip pink and the rainbows. It's a new pattern from Megan Collins. And it's a really fun, bright, happy quilt. I think her patterns just scream happy to me because they're rainbow and they're just really fun. I love doing her quilt patterns. So that's what I've been working on, one of the projects. And then I've also been making a bunch of bags lately. <laughs> Share a quilting tip. Ooh, I think just uh, speaking as a long arm is to make sure you measure your borders before you put them on just to avoid any wavy borders. I think that's kind of an important skill to learn. And it's something that I guess I didn't really think about that much before I started long arming, but that makes the long arming process so much easier for us, but it also gives a way better result for you when you get your quilt back. Mm -hmm. And I also think starch. (laughs) I love my best press. (laughs) There's nothing better than best pressing and getting a really nice, clean quilt top too. Huh. Sometimes I wish the patterns would show exactly how to press. Yes, I completely agree. I love a pressing instruction because it makes it so much easier when everything nests. It's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've mentioned your long arm business. Tell me the name of the business. It's called Lazy J Quilting. And how did you come up with that name? So I'm from a farm and the logo that I use is actually my family's cattle brand. It's called a Triangle Lazy J because it's got the triangle and then the sideways J. As part of it, everyone always thinks it's a coat hanger, but it's actually our cattle brand. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of of looks like that. And it's my great grandpa, Jim, or James Hornmesser is the one who came up with that brand. So I adopted that as part of my quilting business because that's where I came from. And I think it's kind of a nice tribute to my family because without them, I wouldn't be where I am today, nor would I have this business or this passion for quilting. So it kind of ties it all together. And then my daughter's name is James. So she's kind of continuing on with the whole family and being part of the whole lazy day. I'm hoping she loves this as much as I do, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. Describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby to it becoming a business for you. I think I kind of fell into it a little bit. I remember seeing people who would do long arm quilting and seeing that and thinking, I never want to do that. And then the more I got into quilting, the more I realized that is really what I wanted to do. And I think it was just kind of a natural process of taking quilting from just being a hobby I had so many quilt tops. I figured I better learn how to do this so that I can finish all of these. So it kind of of came out of necessity, I guess, that I had to because I had so many quilt tops. But it's really been fun and kind of an interesting challenge. And it's also cool getting other people's quilt tops because it's almost like I get to quilt vicariously through them because I don't have as much time now to do all the quilting projects that I'd love to do. But you get to see other people's color choices and their patterns and stuff. And it's 
it's really fun because it's getting a glimpse into someone else's mind and their creativity and you get ideas for your own things. And I see color palettes that I would never normally choose. And it kind of, I think, pushes me and makes me a little bit better and piecing and quilting. And it's a great way to connect with other people. I get mail-in quilts too from all over. So that's kind of exciting because then I get to connect to people that I might normally never get to. I got someone from Washington, D.C. went and sent me some quilts too. And so it's kind of cool because it's a great way to meet other quilters that aren't local. Mm -hmm. When did you start doing it as a business? So I bought my machine back in 2018, I think. And for the first kind of few years, it was more just me doing them for myself and for my grandma. And then I started having friends asking about it and it just kind of naturally turned into more of a business, especially during the pandemic. I think everyone tried to stay at home, at least quilters anyway, we're staying at home quilting and making tops. So that kind of helped explode my business and <laughs> kept me even busier, which was great. So I think that's, <laughs> that's part of the reason why I built up a bigger clientele was actually because of the pandemic, which is kind of funny. It is so exciting. Do you remember how you felt when that first paying customer sent you their quilt or brought you their quilt? Yeah, I, I think it was kind of like the moment where it's like, oh, this is real. <laughs> this is really happening. This is a real business. This isn't just a hobby anymore. It was a really rewarding feeling because long arming, I... I don't know that everyone knows how much work it actually is. You know, so much of your time you're spending making sure it's beautiful and, you know, the machine is stitching the way it's supposed to. And I think then when you see somebody open their quilt up and look at it and, you know, the excitement you see on their face and, you know, them gushing about how much they love it. And it's such an amazing feeling. It's so validating and rewarding to have that. I was curious as I looked at your website, you have a tab with different pentagrams. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that they're edge-to-edge -edge designs. I was curious, did you buy those or are those some that you designed yourself? So I did buy those. I hope to someday learn how to make my own. That's another software I've got to learn how to use, but I would like to do that eventually. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And I have to mention that your website is really laid out nice and simple and easy to follow. And I especially like how you have a tab with how to prepare your quilt. I'm glad to hear that feedback. I'm always curious what people think about it. But I tried when I was doing it. And I mean, there's still improvements that I hope someday to make, make it even easier to navigate. And I'm constantly uploading more of the pantos that I buy too. But I wanted it to be really easy and not intimidating for someone who maybe never sent a quilt to a long armor. And I wanted to make sure they had all the questions that they might have answered in an easy way. I think sometimes it's intimidating for new quilters to reach out to a long armor. I always tell people, ask me as many questions as you want. There's not a dumb question. I would much rather you ask me a million questions than not and not feel as informed or secure when you're giving me your quilt top. The amount of time and money you put into a quilt top, I want to make sure that customers feel comfortable handing that over to me and that they trust me to do the quilting because this is an heirloom or some kind of a special gift for someone. And I want to make sure that it turns out beautiful and it's exactly what they imagine. So I try to give as much information on that website 
And then I also love having actual sit downs with customers and coming in and we'll audition pantographs and talk about the different size and how dense and the thread color. And I think it's kind of a, it's a fun way to connect with more people and help them make their vision come to life. Mm -hmm. It's so important to have things up front. That's great. I, yeah, I agree. And I also like right on their homepage, you have it's smoke free, pet free. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want to make sure that anyone has allergies or anything like that. I want to make sure they know that they don't have to worry about that here. I think the problem with like fabrics and quilts and I've even noticed it because I love to to go and hunt for like vintage sheets because I love those old floral patterns. But the smell, like how fabric really absorbs the smell. So I make sure to keep it really clean everywhere just so that none of my smells end up on someone else's quilt. That's great. Is there anything else you would like to share with me? I guess just to share from a long armor's perspective is we're here to help you. We want to make sure we make your dream come true for your quilt and make it the best we can. And I think if you have questions, to do not be afraid to ask because that's what we're here to do. And I think it can be kind of intimidating. And if you've struggled with parts of your quilt, like you know, I, I really had problems with here. There's tucks and stuff in there. If you just give us the heads up, we can work around that. At least so we know we're kind of <laughs> what we're getting into. And then we can try to work with it and figure out a, the best way to kind of hide the things that you don't love and really showcase the parts that you do love. I think that's kind of important too. And we can spray starch and steam and kind of shrink some places if you've got a little extra fullness and kind of work with it. But I think that it's really a partnership between a long armor and the actual piece or two. And there's times where we may say you might want to next time measure your borders, you know, a little bit because there was a little bit of extra fullness. And it's not to criticize. We're just here to educate because we want to make sure that your quilt turns out as beautiful as it can. And so I think we learn from each other. And it's really a partnership. Yeah. Uh, You also mentioned that you're part of a long armor group. Yeah, I'm part of the Long Arm League. It's a really cool group. It's a community and we have the most amazing, we call her the commissioner of the, the whole league. And Jess, she's absolutely amazing. She's great. There's lots of videos. We have a forum where we talk about different things together. We talk about different thread types or maybe issues with batting and it's kind of a really fun, safe community for all long armors. We can co-invent about problems we're having and it's really cool. And then she designs panto. So every month we get a new panto as part of the membership and there's different lessons. We have calls with different experts, like someone who's an expert in taxes so that we can learn how to do the taxes for our business or pattern designers and kind of that stuff. So it's been really great for my business because it's not like you can walk down the street and meet another long armor and kind of get an insight into their world and their business. So it's a great way to learn about other people's business and maybe practices that I can do to be better at what I'm doing. And I really think it's made me a much better long armor just from being a part of that group. Neat. Like I said, there's always details we don't see behind the scenes and those kind of things make such a big difference. Yeah. And one of our threads that we talk about is like panto suggestions. And so we'll say, I have this quilt. The customer said, do whatever you want. What do you guys think? And so it's a nice way to like bounce ideas off each other and 
they come up with suggestions that you may never have thought of or there's different groups too based on what kind of a long arm you have so if you're having a problem with your gamel you can go into the gamel group and say hey i'm having this problem what have you guys done to fix this and so it's really great it's a great resource and it's super helpful to have that and it's nice to be a part of a community mhm well thank you so much tara this was wonderful Thank you so much. It was so great to talk to you. And since you're in Ohio, maybe at some point we'll meet in real life. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I think it's my goal when things lift that I'm going to travel to some of these shops and around to meet in person. Yes. Well, if you do, let me know if you're ever in the Columbus area. And our goal is next year to build this shop, which I'm hoping to have a separate outbuilding for my long arm quilting and I want to have tables and eventually hopefully have classes and retreats and stuff out here. So oh, maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, That's the big goal. That's my, my overarching one is to be able to have a place where people can get together and meet. And I think that's important for quilters, especially as more and more small shops close and go away. So I want to make sure that quilting is here forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so neat. I think more and more people will be looking for retreats. Yeah, I think so too. It's another great way just to connect because I think quilting is really about the community. It's a community activity in my mind and it's brought communities together with the quilting bees and stuff like that and classes. And I feel like that's one of the things that I've missed the most about pre-COVID times when you could go to classes and sit and talk with other people and just connect and be around people that love this hobby as much as you do. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hoping to be able to create a space that people can get together and to do that and sew and, you know, talk and share and have that. That will be great. I really enjoyed spending this time with you. Thanks so, so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com. Or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>